Welcome to the Hotel Analyst Podcast, your weekly dose through your ears of all the news that's important in the hotel investment space. Featuring, on my left, Andrew Sankster, the Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst, and me, Chris Bound, the Editor of Hotel Analyst. As is normal, we have picked three topics to take a look at this week, which we hope will inform and entertain you. And we're starting off with a look at operational real estate in its broader sense, not just hotels, but uh, uh, more broadly uh, across various parts of the real estate landscape. And a report that's recently come out, we had a good look at this week, um, from the IPF, who've been doing some research. Uh, they've used the, the good people at Didobi alongside um, Harriet Watt University and Nottingham Trent University. And they've been having a look at the whole issue of operational real estate and trying to, I suppose, really just help inform the market um, what it's all about, how you measure it, and why you should be investing in it. And I had a conversation with Stephen Ryan, one of the um, participants in the in the research report, one of the contributors uh, from Adobe, and uh, his, his view was very much, here's something we've tried to put together to really shine a light on this, uh, this niche uh, and get to understand why some investors love it, uh, why perhaps it might be a wise thing for more investors to take a look at. Uh, and then obviously if you're going to attract institutional investors, then you've got to have some kind of standardised metrics and ways of working out what your returns are and what your risks are. Uh, but he sincerely feels that here is an area where uh, the, the door is opening and there'll be many more investors coming to take a look at operational real estate at large. Yes, I, I like your ambition. Chris, with uh, being entertaining. Um, hopefully we do inform, but entertaining. Wow, yes, I'll try my best. Uh, with regard to opera, well, I'm going to go back to that mantra we seem to have almost every week about COVID. And mm -hmm. COVID speeds things up rather than fundamentally having created change in the first place. And I think the same is true again here with operational real estate. Because all of a sudden, um, a lot of the traditional real estate state segments um, have come under enormous pressure and forced investors to review how they're looking at them obviously retail but offices too are under under pressure now in the good old days traditional real estate was fairly simple it was offices it was retail and industrial and once you got out of commercial it was you could then add residential we began when the last decade to stick um, hotels in the in 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 that traditional box everything else was in a much more exotic box called alternatives now that's really been ripped apart that old-fashioned way of looking at things and in particular terminology like uh, tenant um, and landlord it, it's increasingly just not making sense with that and the key point is that you've got to understand what goes on inside your property and normally if you're making the effort to have some um, understanding or deep understanding what's going on inside your property you're going to want a, a share in the upside of that as well so you, you tend to have a share and it, and it varies as we've from um, uh, sort of a more straightforward turnover related lease all the way up to um, direct owner operator position and of course we see all of that within the hotel space and it's very interesting in this report just how much 
um, hotels are referred to and that dreadful noun into a verb hotelization is very much the watchword here for the broader real estate sector as well um, and I think it's super exciting now I just to sort of bring it outside the rarefied sort of academic world or uh, quasi-academic world which this um, investment property forum report is is in um, and looked at capco uh, capital and counties who uh, capital and counties properties which is a london reit it owns a big slice of uh, covent garden and just looking at their results this week um, and just how successful they've been for example at keeping vacancy rates so their vacancy rate at three and a half percent is exactly where it was uh, a year ago which is quite incredible when you think what we've been through and, well, and, and it's what nearly the, all retail isn't it as well yeah 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 it's retail and yeah. f&b yeah. you know yeah, i mean yeah, goodness you know so i mean they've got offices they've got resi but uh, big big slugs are, are no hotels yet mm-hmm. maybe they will um but right now it, it it's it's uh resi and uh and and uh, um, F&B which are the core of it and they've signed during 20, 2020 they signed 65 new agreements uh, new leases essentially but not all of them were leases and they've taken a much more um, pragmatic view on how to approach this and they that they are leases but they're turnover related and they're much shorter term and in particular for at least half of them um, they talked about having pop-ups they talked about animations about bringing um, what we've talked about again in the past the experiential part to the retail to the f and b um so they've they've got stuff um something which i i mean how how um how familiar are you chris i'm, I'm gonna ask you to check you now um, <laughs> okay. with yeezy and supreme are they brands which you you're aware of if you come across uh, those i have come across supreme one of the younger members of this household wears things with supreme written on yes yes um yeah i i um i couldn't possibly (laughs) admit to this in in, in, on live but i i might have gone to ebay and bought some supreme uh supreme in inverted commas um hoodies for my kids (laughs) on ebay um um, my my daughter came to me about yeezy which are a sort of sub-brand of adidas trainers and um, i said oh yeah yeah of course you can get a pair of trainers um until i saw a grand pair (laughs) yeah exactly um um, anyway so they've got this this shop there called kick game which is already existing in london but they, they've just signed it as a, a new tenant and it, and it's this kind of new stuff which they're very proactive in sorting out mm. they've been very active in pedestrianizing the area having more alfresco dining all of this stuff and this 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 is enhanced that f&b effort has enhanced you know the retail piece and it's enhanced the office and residential offer in 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 the area so it's this holistic view i think which is going to come forward more and more and the interrelation and crossover which we've long talked about in terms of you can't operate in a silo um here Mm. um you know we've been we've known about this for a long while in the hotel sector i mean one of the big wins of uh if, if if you look at people like Ian Schrager for example as he goes and opens up a, a, a boutique one of his boutique properties in New York he'd often choose a slightly down a hill area of New York where where he didn't have uh, where the, where he could pick it up for a, a lot 
you know pay a lot less for it and he'd raise the overall uh, um, ambience in that area and that would increase the value of his property we've seen it in the uk i mean i would say malmaison up in um, the leith docks up in uh, in edinburgh um again part of that and 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 fmb came and transformed that into you know quite a smart part of edinburgh now so you know this happens in brindley place in birmingham um with fmb we've seen this you know we've seen this quite a lot and i and i think this is where operational real estate the experiential piece all comes into play and and be quite transformational and 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 what what this ipf report is saying look you've you stop thinking about your 25 year fixed leases and just collecting a quarterly rent check you get get stuck in <laughs> and you 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 can you've got to think about it in a different way you've got to be you know in terms of how you value they were they they were quite critical about some of the sort of finger in the air approaches um which had histor- has have historically been taken and you, you know rather than using that sort of gut feel thing you've got to be a bit more rigorous and a bit more analytical start thinking about net present value you know modeling your cash flows all of this stuff what you know what your discount rate is and what your whole period is put this in model it appropriately and as these serious professional investors get involved in this market i think it's it's just going to grow and grow and you know it's great news i think we need to have a conference on operational <laughs> real estate chris what do you reckon that's a great idea Andrew. Oh. Oh, yeah. no, it's 28th of June. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, give it a plug now properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 28th of June at the um, Intercontinental in O2. You can see it, op-re.com. Perfect, thank you very much. And, of course, it's fair, fair to say that uh, hotels are effectively the gateway drug for those investors keen to get into operational real estate. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's that hotelisation. I mean, as, as Stephen Raz said to me, he said... Uh, he said, "Not not everyone's used self storage, but everyone stayed in a hotel." Yeah, um, yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, you do find overlap with the ownership base with that. So, one of the biggest um, uh, players in self storage, I think, the second biggest player in self storage uh, in in the UK, is also an, an owner of twenty plus boutique hotels in London. So, you've got that you've got that overlap coming. There we go. Operational real estate. That's where it's at. Right now, next we're going to turn our uh, eyes onto a couple of the kind of mid-size players in the hotel, uh, uh, PPHE and Delata, who've both come up with their annual results for 2020. Uh, both businesses which have got a, a substantial interest in the UK market, although they also have interests in other parts of Europe uh, as well. Um, have both survived the pandemic without running out of cash? Um, both seem being quite keen to kind of try and keep their hotels ticking over as best they can and keep their teams on board as best they can afford uh, and it feels like they're both itching to get stuck in and crack on and the interesting thing is they've both also got uh, decent pipelines of hotels that they're either building directly themselves or they've got development partners building for them that they're already committed to um, so things look you know set fair and they they seem to believe that in the next few months things will come back reasonably strongly for them yeah i mean what i like i mean anybody who's a contrarian and these the these are contrarian companies mm. um that you know what they that, that they've refused to go along with uh, received yes. wisdom well, s- sell what you've you, yeah. what you've yeah what yeah what you've got to do is 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 have vertical disintegration you've got to have a property 
component you have the operating component and you have the the brand component the bricks brawn and brain as 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 is dubbed um and they said no actually we can do it our way and we're going to stick to a a variant on the owner operator model i mean there's slightly slight differences between them i mean we've got the more geographically dispersed uh, ppha um and uh, Delata, which is significantly more leased, and I mean, and the contrast with Delata, it doesn't have a global brand, mm-hmm. um, whereas PPHE does. It works with Radisson. It plugs into their tech solutions. It plugs into their um, rewards um, club as well. Um, their loyalty scheme. Um, but what's interesting about these companies is that they've they've gone against the grain if you like and 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 succeeded mm. with it um and and and, and you know challenge but uh, you know of course you can do that uh, uh, i mean and and you, know, you don't not everybody has to follow a set pattern i think by and large for the bulk of the industry the way the global majors have split things out makes sense but operators like this um, can make a big success of doing it how they're doing it and I think Delata's um, doing very well um, sticking with its fixed leases is you know last time I chatted to them they had thought about looking at variable leases um, but actually found there was more hay to be made if they stuck with their their fixed lease Mm. approach it'll be interesting to see how they change as they grow i think certainly from from their perspective it would be a good thing to have less exposure Mm through a fixed but but equally um from from uh, uh, a landlord owner perspective which is said we can dump landlords and again this is contrarian um um they are uh, sticking to the old ways in a, in a sense but if it's working you know stick with it and, and they seem to be doing that and um i mean we will measure their success over the next few years on how well they are able to execute because they're both saying look we've we've got the the capital resources to exploit opportunities um, how well they grow and succeed in exploiting opportunities that are out there is is going to be a a, a key determinant on you know wh- wh- what they're doing if that if that's the right mm. thing. Well, of course, um, PPHE have just also taken on um, John Colley, for, who used to be at IHG, to um, help help look after mm. the development mm. program. Uh, you know, unlike Delata, they're a bit more um, inclined to develop their own properties, um, and uh, they're pressing ahead. Uh, certainly in Europe, uh, the only casualty of the uh, of the downturn appears to have been their plans to launch a, a property in New York, which it looks like they put on ice. But that's probably for question, probably more to do with the situation in New York than it is to do with uh, their their financial situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's got to do. I mean, he's a classic. I mean, you've got to do a great switcheroo, haven't you? If you've gone from being a an asset light to being a very asset intense and development. Mm. Um, developer as well uh, I mean it, it, it is you, you're heading towards that F. Scott Fitzgerald quote which says that the test of a first rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function well I guess in the case of John Colley he's, right. <laughs> he's had to do okay. that so, um. <laughs> well there we are That's, uh, so the pair of them seem set fair and I say when I had a, a chat with, uh, with Dermot Crowley at, uh, at Delata he said seemed very keen to get going just as soon as governments allow and uh, the new CEO yes, as he is. and quite convinced that uh, you know city markets will come back 
um, the kind of markets that he operates in, not concerned about this sort of um, fears that some have that you know corporate's going to take forever to return. Um, next thing we're going to look at is uh, the kind of investment marketplace uh, around Europe. Um, some new figures just in from Cushman and Wakefield who took a, uh, the temperature of, of the market last year. They reckon investment volumes were down. They were down over uh, 60% year on year. But they s pointed out that there were still plenty of deals being pushed on through the pandemic. And um, uh, I also had a conversation this week with uh, those in the kind of lending and and funding side of things and investors are still as keen as ever to uh, to push into hotels and are quite sure by and large that uh, things will blow over and um, get back to some kind of new normal before very long it, there's so many pieces in 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 this particular jigsaw at the moment on how you know what 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 this new normal is going to be looking like um and and, and i mean i found it interesting you had people with significantly different views to our sort of a house view here at hotel analyst i mean uh, you know we're very much on sort of dermot crowley's perspective that we are going to get back to city centres pretty much mm. as they were uh, pre-pandemic quite quickly uh, a number of the people you were talking to um, Chris I, I know it's, you know they talked about tipping points with regard to yeah. zoom and how corporate travel might be thanks to ESG off you know, I, you know li regular listeners to this podcast and readers of hotel analysts will know actually uh, we, we don't agree with any <laughs> of that and we we think we're gonna we're gonna see a a, a, a strong rebound a stronger rebound in in business travel than historically we've we've seen because because the economy is coming back so much stronger and corporates are in a good position to come back but you know uh, mm. we could be wrong and um these other people might be right i mean you know That's the magic uh, of looking into the future <laughs> <laughs> it is yes uh, we will see as i keep sort of saying i <laughs> every time i listen back to this podcast but um i think that one of the keys to this i think is your position on um, the working from home debate and offices are integral to the whole future of uh, commercial real estate they're 40 percent or so of that of commercial real estate and how you see the shape of the future office i think is is going to be critical and you've got the naysayers on that you were talking to talk and you know and you know there's a number out there then there are some you know, hsbc the bank said it was going to get rid of you know 40 percent of its space lloyd's 20 percent less standard chartered um it's about no, half of its staff right. it's going to allow to go to one of the oil, one of the oil companies you know, you, so telling people they're going to work two days a yeah, week at yeah, home. yeah 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 and, and on the other side of that you've got jp morgan you've got goldman sachs you've got blackrock you've got barclays all saying nope we're going back mm. to the office um they firmly believe that office culture is critical for for productivity um so and, and it's not going to be easy to disentangle um whether businesses are simply cutting cutting space due to pressure to save costs or whether there is some sort of fundamental shift in the way we all work my my suspicion is how this is all gonna um you know play out um you know um, i suppose the fashionable thing to say would be they've all got their own truths <laughs> wouldn't yes. it um but, so. but um but 
yes <laughs> um but i i suspect how how this will this 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 will play out is is that there that there's going to be quite significant shift in the market but um we're going to see new entrants coming in and absorbing mm. that supply um and if we look at the the budget in the uk where there's that big incentive to start investing heavily um that's really going to front load you know the recovery here i mean goldman sachs put out a um, economic update in the last week or so talking about how they view the, the recovery as being front-end loaded uh, a lot faster recovery than we normally get um and to our point about the uh uh quicker recovery of of corporate travel um the interesting thing is i think which is still to be determined is where we go so this year great recovery next year great recovery it's 2023 and beyond um which is far too far away for anybody to have any seriously credible thoughts on this but um you know the oecd um are predicting you know we're going to go back to growth like we, we sort of had pre-pandemic they are saying in the uk down to 1.7 percent in 23 which you know we've talked about the roaring 20s mm -hmm. before here on this podcast well that clearly ain't going to be the roaring 20s if we're going to see growth like that and i think that will impact um you know how this whole real estate investment piece um plays out um it is a case of you know we'll see um the one other observation i'll, I'll make is that uh, um in, in terms of this office ch um change um how we're thinking about offices is is getting to be a, a lot along the lines of how we start thinking about uh, hotels um, and in particular um, it, it, it's in how we, we, we shift the, the, the perspective on what employees are and start seeing employees in a more sort of consumer-like role and, and putting pressure on in terms of what they want and we think about officers offering a, um, an occupation during the day of a desk whereas and we think about hotels offering a occupation during the night of a bed and i think that is increasingly how the office market um, might start looking at things you might call it the the hotelization oh, of offices chris okay well let's let's now um, mm. move on to our awards this week uh, and the five star award is going to the greek and spanish authorities who are keenly trying to work out how they can restart international tourism and welcome vaccinated UK holidaymakers to their shores. Um, it be great news if they can uh, find a way to make it all work so that everyone's comfortable and happy and prepared to travel again. Yeah, I mean, this is going to hinge a lot from from a UK outbound perspective on on the government's uh, task force as they're coming out. We're going to hear, I think, sort of mid-April on those um, reporting about vaccine passports. I think almost certainly we will have a vaccine passport, certainly for international travel. Um, the airline body, IATA, is working on that, and that will be endorsed by the UK government. We'll probably have a, some variant on a um, vaccine passport for domestic purposes as well um, I would wager um, but in terms of international piece um, 
And that's really going to um, um, determine what, what happens to our airline sector. Um, oh, it was interesting that uh, there's current talk in in, in terms of the the, the cut in duty um, advance um, air passenger duty uh, for domestic. So the government is waking up to the damage that's been done to the airlines, and I think it's uh, so. I, I suspect we will see um, international, uh, at least regional European travel come back um, in, in, in a late spring, early summer. So that's looking quite likely, I think. So, I mean, and you know, the, um, countries which have made those um, smart moves like this, I think, are going to be the big beneficiaries of that. This week going to be appended to the chest of uh, an investment company called Apri Rose uh, for what looks to be like a bit of a missed opportunity. Now, we've seen in the uh, press in the last couple of days that Q Hotels, which is a mid-market uh, chain that they bought in 2017, is now being uh, offered for sale. A uh, bit disappointing because in barely four years, not, not not much has really happened to Q Hotels. A few of them have been rebranded to Hilton and Marriott Flags, but um, it's still a fairly not Q Hotels still still a fairly anonymous brand, and I I suspect won't be selling for much more than. Apple Rose paid for it in 2017. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. They're also taking um, uh, global brands off the properties. Right. Uh, here in Cambridge, the Cambridge Belfry was a double tree until the um, until just over a year ago, um, when it got rebranded branded just as the Cambridge Belfry, um, just on the outskirts of Cambridge. Um, so it, it's an interest. I, I mean, like a lot of these sort of deals, they they've been clobbered. Um, leveraged up and been clobbered by the absolute trading apocalypse. That, that, well, that's right, because they own, they own a, so a vast of, of uh, pubs as well, don't they? Yeah, and it, and it's a question of what yeah. you're going to double down on. Really, um, probably not going to be in a position to do to do all of them necessarily. And it, it's whether you're better getting out and um, you know, jumping on another opportunity somewhere else. And this this appears to be the case here. They've they've they don't think there's you know legs in this current deal. So it's it's they're out and it's it's going to be looked for someone else to come in and restructure. How it's restructured. You know, the, the, it's it's these sort of portfolios, I think, which have been kicked around so long um, for decades. Um, people are working out what to do with them. And it's these four star properties outside of city centres in most cases, um, which are going to be, a, be a, a tricky one. I mean, it's interesting that one of the, if not the prize asset in the portfolio, was flogged off to Pandox in late 2018, the Manchester Mid got sold um, so uh, you know they've, they've, they've probably picked off the, the the best bits of the carcass if you like and uh, it's what where, where the rest of this lot goes is I'm gonna say that use that phrase again it's going to be one to watch and, and could well be one for re reassignment <laughs> nursing homes oh, totally. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely absolutely living <laughs> Well, maybe that 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 I think I think you've hit a good point there, Chris. Actually, because what we've typically done, we we haven't thought 
um, um, I was going to say you another terrible cliche outside <laughs> the box we haven't um, um, been a bit, little bit more uh, visionary um, in terms of what to do with these assets because there, there is potential alternative use here so perhaps um, that is what's going to happen um, so that's a possibility and, and you know how, how it's going to be sliced and diced um, and how much uh, you know how much does a, a brand bring to these properties so uh, I remember having a, 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 a chat um to uh the ceo of another similarly um troubled chain and he said uh, that the big brands actually made the most difference outside of the big city centers because they're because otherwise if you were stuck on the outskirts of of the middle of nowhere um you you were never found by anybody so sticking a brand on it did have an impact he, he saw that as being quite valuable for his city center properties he really didn't need the brands he could trade them quite effectively without without the, the the need of a brand so um maybe we will see that somebody swoop mm. in and, and brand them um yet <laughs> again um but because i i don't think it was actually in terms of if you look at what they did with it if you look at what Apri rose did with it they didn't make a particularly great fist of bringing them together as a cohesive group and putting a, a, a you know understandable brain uh, brands on them so they've got a couple of deltas they've got a fair few double trees a mercure um so it, it, it's you know it's 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 a right hodgepodge um perfect for a, a nursing a home group. or perhaps even for a, a warner leisure hotel there we go. Ah, oh, now that could I'll be I'll stop the predicting one, there now mm. and leave 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 you all to think mm. on. So we'll say bye for now. <laughs>